Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. No one stands by chance. The only way to stand, the only way to be sure that you continue to stand, is by being prepared. And so today we address our year theme by saying, Stand in the gap, prepared. Abraham Lincoln said, If you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. He knew the value of preparation. Benjamin Franklin said, An ounce of preparation is worth a pound of cure. In other words, if you prepare now, you have less to cure later. He knew the value of preparation. The Bible said the same. The wise man in Proverbs 24 and in verse 27 said, Prepare your field. Make it good for you. Then build yourself a house. In other words, you better get your fields going so you'll have something to eat. And while that's taking place, you can build your house. Preparation. Well, God wants us to be prepared people. As Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and in verse 24, one, that we might be a prepared people for every good work. No one will be a Christian by accident. No one will serve God by chance. We must be prepared people. And in being prepared, we can accomplish every good work that God demands and desires. We need to be prepared people. Maybe you remember this feeling. You showed up at class. Oops. I forgot we had a test. Now, maybe that has never happened except to me, but I rather imagine that some of you immediately broke out in some hives because you remember those days. And you got all sweaty and you're thinking, I'm not going to make it. I'm in trouble. You know what it's like, and you know how it feels to be unprepared. We want to be prepared people. Think with me for a few minutes how to do it, what it does for us, and then to think about, finally, how great it is and how important it is. Number one, consider with me Jesus' words from Luke chapter 14. 
Jesus said in this text, he's going to tell us how to be prepared. And great multitudes followed him. And as he went, he said to them, If anyone comes after me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And if anyone does not take up his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which one of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count or consider the cost to see if you have enough to build it? Or else, when you don't have enough, all who pass by will mock and say, he began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he can with 10,000 meet him who is coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while he is yet afar off, he sends a delegation asking for conditions of peace. If you do not forsake all that you have, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus tells us how. To prepare. And in this text of Luke chapter 14, Jesus gives us some ideas about what it means to be prepared and how we might go about doing that. First of all, notice that as the text began, he said great multitudes were following. I think Jesus understood, as we find on other occasions, that they followed him around, but they weren't really following him. He was asked in class this morning the difference between a disciple and an apostle. And a disciple is one who is a learner. He's a student. Now, you can just walk around behind somebody and learn nothing. You can be with somebody, and they're trying to teach you something, but you learn nothing. Well, you're not a disciple. You're just hanging around. Well, that's what these people were doing. They were just hanging around. And Jesus understood that, which is why he called attention to the ideas of how to be prepared to be a follower of Jesus. Number one, you better decide to hate. I said that one time years ago, and I heard the audible gasp of a child. <gasps> Mom. Mr. Mike said, hate. Because we raise our children. We don't hate. You're not supposed to hate. But that's what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus said, here is the way to prepare to follow me. You first of all have to hate everything in this life. You have to have an attitude that says, there is nothing here that will deter me from there. I have to put aside in my mind every single thing that this world offers in order to be a really true follower of Jesus. You better decide to hate. How tough is 
that. Because the world is constantly coming after us, pushing us, tempting us. And Jesus said, if you're going to prepare to follow me, you have to be one first who is willing to hate. Number two, you have to be one who is willing to lift and carry. There have been many great lessons taught about bearing our crosses. You have a cross, I have a cross. We are not the same people. And each one of us, in our own way, must carry the crosses that have, been come, that have come into our lives. And if I can't lift and carry, I'm not going to be able to follow Jesus. Number three, to be prepared means to announce your intention. You intend to build the tower. The king intends to go to war. It doesn't happen by accident. You must make a decision that says, okay, here is my intention. This is what I'm going to do. And in doing so, you have prepared your heart to follow through with what Jesus wants. Number four, sit and think. Pause, push the pause button. Before you jump in, you need to sit down for just a minute. You know what you want to do. Now, can I do it? Will I have enough to finish? Am I all in or not? Because number five says, while you're sitting and thinking, count the cost. There are many people throughout history who lost because of a decision that they made. There are people who made a decision when this country began to, to give up everything they had so that we might have a country of freedom in which to live. And there have been people who, in order to serve God, gave up everything they had. If I do this, what's it going to cost me? I could tell you the story as I have before of a young lady who came here years ago to EKU who was converted here. And when she did so, her parents kicked her out of the family. And one of our families took her in. You got to count the cost. Jesus said, this is how you prepare. And if you are considering today whether you are or should or want to follow Jesus, you start right here. And you let this inform you about what it means to be prepared to be a follower of Jesus. Number two, 
Paul tells us in the text that was just read for us, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul now is going to tell us, all right, if you decide that you want to be prepared, and if you decide to prepare yourself to follow Jesus, look what it will do for you. Here is what will happen. Number one, it will give you more control of your life. In the description that Paul is giving, you have to remember the Olympic Games that we are familiar with. They were happening during the time of Paul. And looking at those games, he would use many times athletic images because people understood it. And in this, he's talking about running a race. And he said, who is it that wins? Who's running? The ones who are, New King James, temperate. But it makes more sense to give a word that we recognize, self controlled. If I am prepared and I know what's ahead and I've counted the cost and I am now ready to go, look how much control that gives me in the situation. I'm more in control. I'll admit, I like it when our men lead public prayer. And I know that they have prepared ahead of time, even if they've written it out and they have it in front of them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. That shows somebody who sat and thought about what I should pray about. Now, a person can plan a prayer without writing it out and it still be prepared. But that's the point. When you then are in that moment, you feel more in control because you were prepared. Number two, verse 26. A prepared person doesn't run with uncertainty. Not only does being prepared give you more control, but it also gives you great confidence. I'm not running with uncertainty. I, I'm not doubting. I don't, I know what's ahead. I have prepared, I have looked ahead, and now I'm going, and I'm doing what I need to do. How great a confidence is that? I've been noticing. January and February, we're having this adult class. Going over basic Bible facts calling to memory and getting things in our minds. And I have been listening. There are adults that have more confidence now than they've had before because they've been challenged in these specific ways. I see it. When you are a prepared person, you have much more confidence in your life. 
And finally, third, Paul said, it makes me more determined in my life. Paul said, by being prepared and doing what I'm doing, I am more determined than ever to stick with it. Why so? Because I'm disciplined. I'm in subjection to myself. I'm in control so that I don't become disqualified. Those races, if they quit and sat down in the middle of the race, they're disqualified. If they go to a different place than the route prescribed, they're disqualified. And Paul would say, I'm, I'm determined. I'm going to make it. And I'm confident because I'm in control. And if you decide today to follow Jesus, you know how to prepare yourself. I'm telling you, this is what it will do for you. What is the feeling when you talk to a friend and they want you to talk to them about Jesus? Are you afraid? Break out in hives there too? Do you start chewing on your lip? What am I going to do? Wouldn't it be great if every one of us could stand in that moment, in that gap of that time, as confident as we can be because we are prepared people. And that's where God wants us to be. Finally, third, the challenge is this. You need to prepare for Jesus because he's preparing for you. In Hebrews chapter 11, the writer defines or gives us a number of examples of these Old Testament characters who were people of great faith. And of them it is said, uh, one group of them that included Abraham, it is said in verse 16, they looked for a city that had foundations whose ruler and maker is God. In that text, it had said, they were convinced that there was prepared for them a city. Faithful people know that Jesus is preparing a city for them. Faithful people know that he is preparing a place in that city for them. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come in and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. John 14, 1 to 4. Faithful people know that God 
has a special place for them in a city that he is preparing that is so incredibly wonderful that you can't even describe it. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It's not possible to describe perfectly how wonderful is that prepared place. It has often been stated, and it is true, that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And as you stand in the gap today, and as we stand in the gap with each other, let us be prepared people, ready to face whatever comes, ready to stand there with each other or by ourselves if called upon, to be prepared for whatever comes, but certainly to be prepared for the prepared place that Jesus said, it's coming. Be ready. It'll be here before you know it. If you're not a child of God, you're not prepared for that place. If you've not been immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, you're not prepared for that place. And if it comes before you are prepared, you're going to be sad and devastated and destroyed. Today would be a good day to prepare, to get right with the Lord, to be ready for that great prepared place from Jesus. If we can help you today, meet our shepherds as we sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.